of Internet Wonderland. I hope my voice finds you well. Welcome back to my home. This is Cheshire's Place. As always, I am your host, the melodious one, Mr. Cheshire. You can always find me in my small little corner of Internet Wonderland by clicking a like on the Facebook group page, Cheshire's Place, a looking glass in logical madness. You can listen to this episode and all other content on anchor.fm. I did it again. Sorry, Spotify for podcasters, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Samsung Podcast, and many other platforms. And if you ever feel like dro- dropping a line, saying hi, or giving any thoughts or suggestions for upcoming episodes, feel free to email me at CheshireLookingGlass at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter. Yes, I said Twitter, not X. <laughs> Place Cheshire. For behind-the-scenes antics and shenanigans and a whole bunch of other fun stuff, you can always follow us on TikTok at Cheshire Place and also on our Instagram page, Cheshire Looking Glass. So here we are. This has been a very unique week for wrestling. 
Last week we covered AEW All In. Now we get to cover WWE Payback 2023. And, wow, I can say it was a pretty good show. But don't take my word for it all the way. Proper introductions first, because as you know, I never roll alone here in the Looking Glass Studios. I do have the wonderful, colorful cast of characters here from the Looking Glass crew. So, starting off with some introductions. The first individual that I'd like to introduce is one-third of the Sirens Tree. She is an actress. She is a director. She is a connoisseur of all things relating to the spooky season. She is the pumpkin queen of the patch. She is my significant other, my other half, my better half. Give it up for the first lady in our Wonderland, Miss Sally Stitch. Hey, Sally. Pretty good. Glad that you're here. <laughs> just, just the for for those who are not noticing, because we don't have cameras, she's sticking her tongue out at me. But anyways, second introductions, of course, because you know, if we have a siren, we have to have the second individual that I am introducing right now is our resident voice actor. He is the delicious beard. All men are jealous of and all women would love to rub up on. But I hope you will not let that happen. He is the velvety vanilla of Internet Wonderland. Let's hear it for Mr. Jim. Jay Walkies. Hey, that's cool. Hey, JJ, how's it going, man? It's going. <laughs> See that you got your magical book with you. I have the one book that I think we were talking about it the other day. So yep, yep. Because uh, that was uh, whenever we we're doing the um, oh yeah, the Men of Honor. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, which yeah. that'll probably be coming out as Maybe a short. Whatever, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we'll probably have to explore that entire thing a little bit later. Different but, episode, maybe. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Maybe something in maybe season eight. Whenever we really tackle it. Or make a mini on it, too. Oh, yeah. All right. So, the final person that we have to introduce. And you know, it has to get a little bit of sensual here in the Looking Glass Studios. He is. Just waiting for it. He's looking down at his phone. He's trying to look up. (laughs) He's looking at pictures of the Nikita Lions. But anyways, he is the international authority of the state. He is the silver tongue devil. He is the sexual chocolate internet wonderland. Tantalizing the juices and the pleasures of all the women out there. Especially if you need some sexual healing like Raquel Rodriguez, who's recently single. Good job, Braun, on dropping the ball on that one. Nikita Lyons, who is on the sidelines, who needs a little bit of extra attention. And then, of course, any other women that happen to be out there. Let's give it up for the Twizzle. Uh, it's going pretty good, pretty good, ready to talk about this uh, pay-per-view. So, the wonderful thing about this pay-per-view, and actually I'm going to turn everyone's volume down just a notch, that way we don't capture the... All of that AC going on right now. Yeah. 
Granted, it's kind of warm in here because in Minot, it turned out to be 95 degrees today and, you know, heat rises. And the Looking Glass Studios happens to be on the third floor, unfortunately. But, you know, thank God for good AC. So there is some things that we do have to cover today because we have to cover WWE Payback. We do have to cover AEW All Out because we have to review the card and give quick predictions on that. But there's also two other things that we have to cover real quick, fast, in a hurry. The first one, I mean, we just watched about. The second one, have y'all heard about the Logan Paul, Dylan Dennis uh, fight that's supposed to be going on here pretty soon? The what? The Logan Paul? It's a boxing match. So it's Logan Paul versus um, Dylan Dennis. He's an MMA fighter. Let me bring up all the fun stuff with this. Okay. Because there's a lot that's going on here. So, this is actually on the same card as the KSI versus Tommy Fury fight. Hmm. Which is actually supposed to be happening, let me find the date here. Uh, Saturday, October 14th. In Manchester, um, England, in the Manchester Arena. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because for everyone that knows Dylan Dennis, he's almost like Logan Paul in the fact that he's cocky, he's brash, and he allegedly scammed a lot of people out of money due to crypto uh, currencies. But this match has become very personal between these two because Dylan used to have a thing with Logan Paul's current fiance. Yeah, you didn't know that Logan was engaged? No, I really don't care anything about this guy. But continue. <laughs> so th- this is the thing because honestly, this reminds me of WWE, AEW, like it's a storyline. Because mm-hmm. Logan and Dylan are going to fight. Dylan had something somewhat of a fling. He used to date Logan's fiance a while back and has released video of, uh, of, um, <clears throat> adult hustle. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll call it a cage training without the cage. And it's gotten extremely bad. Like everyone is betting on Dennis to win this. Granted, he's an MMA fighter. He has great ground game. He's a jiu-jitsu practitioner. But if you take a look at his matches, he isn't that well on the ground. But in the war war of words, he's killing Logan on this. Even to the point where even Jake Paul, Logan's brother, is doubting that he's going to win this. So what are y'all thoughts on this? What uh, promotion are they going to be doing this in? DAZN. And that is... It's an online thing. But, like... Is it going to be, like, on Rumble? Is it MMA? Is it boxing? It's is boxing. It? Okay. Oh, yeah. it's boxing? Oh, I thought so it was an MMA. Be, no, Logan will never cross over to MMA. Because he actually worked out with two um, BJJ black belts just messing around. I think one of them was actually um, Israel Adesanya, uh, Adesanya that he worked out with. And he they did him dirty and... Logan was like, yeah, I don't want to mess with jujitsu. But um, <clears throat> let me look up some more stuff here. Because Dylan Dennis, 
I mean, I think the smart thing on Logan's part is making it sort of a third-party kind of thing where it's not something that either of them are trained in exclusively. Like, MMA has some uh, crossover, you know, pro wrestling. Also, you at least learn how to throw blows. So you understand the basic mechanics enough that you can kind of fend for yourself if you were thrown into that situation, but it's yeah. not enough so that you can have a distinct advantage over somebody else, I don't think. All right, so I have Dylan's record here. Two wins, zero losses so far in MMA. So he's fresh in MMA. And are they roughly the same size or is uh, one? No, I think. Mark Lee. Let's see. Dylan is six foot one. Logan. Let me take a look at Logan Paul. I think he's about the same. Because he's, I, I think, think he, I just think... shorter than Seth Rollins. Uh, trying to see it. No, I don't want Logan Paul versus Dylan Dennis. I want Logan Paul height. Six foot two. Okay. So Dennis is the one that is in a disadvantage on this one. So, as I said, this is going to be a very personal fight because of what Dylan is doing, showing personal videos of Logan's current fiance. Yeah, I mean, apparently she dated, like, people like like Elon Musk and DiCaprio. And she has gone on record saying that she has a very healthy libido, (laughs) if we're we're going to put it in a better context here. I, I just don't know how you go from DiCaprio to freaking Logan Paul. Money. And also... Status. Yeah, they both have it. I mean, Caprio's the freaking Academy Award. Like his, yeah, he's actually has like talent. Like, but there must be something there that, you know, either I mean, he maybe, either he wasn't into it anymore, or he might have just. Been, I think she might have been a little bit. Honestly, more I think dixie. that was probably he probably lost interest and was like, yeah, because okay, you realize you, like, you you're you're not offering me anything unique compared to the the last six. Yeah, so, you're just like yeah. an empty vessel because all you just care about is yourself and mm-hmm. don't really do anything outside of that. But yeah, Logan was so nice to put a ring on it. <laughs> so, I don't know. This one's going to be interesting. I mean, we still have a, roughly a month and a half before all this really kicks off. Sure. But honestly, this is the first time that this makes Logan look like an anti-hero of sorts. Yeah. And he's gone on record and said some choice words about Dylan, especially seeing how a day ago he had to apologize for some of his remarks that he made. Hmm. And I'm not going to read those remarks because we don't really have the time. This is as much yeah. as I'm going to entertain Logan Paul. Yeah, we got a lot to get through. Yep. So the second piece of news that we do have to talk about, CM Punk. AEW drama for those who have not been in the know during All In there was an altercation between CM Punk and Jungle Boy Jack Perry all stemming to an incident where Jack Perry wanted to take time off go on vacation and there was a spot that was approved by AEW management which would involve real glass well they didn't film it on Wednesday They were going to film it on Collision on Saturday. CM Punk decided to say, 
no, do that stuff on Wednesday as opposed to Saturday, which led to a disagreement between those two, which culminated in all-in during the zero-hour match, whereas Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Hook, and they started off on the car, wrestling, tussling, whatever, and Jungle Boy looked dead center into the camera and said, this is real glass, cry me a river. Which, after the match, now this is what's being stated within the investigation. CM Punk came up to Jack Perry, threw a couple of shots at him, put in a guillotine choke, and the fight was broken up. Now, during this time, monitors were knocked on um, AEW president Tony Khan. Um, The fight was separated by Samoa Joe and a few other wrestlers. And then CM Punk threatened to leave and just quit before his initial match, which Samoa Joe was able to reel him back in. They had the match after the match. CM Punk still discussed that he wanted to quit. Well, due to all this, there was an investigation that pretty much ended in CM Punk being terminated. So I want to get everyone's thoughts on CM Punk being terminated, and we'll just do it in a round robin. Um, Sally, what do you think about CM Punk being terminated? Um, I haven't really thought about it much. (laughs) I heard about it today, earlier, and I mean, he was fun to watch, but like he seems kind of either high on himself or just, I don't know, there's a lot of drama around that man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, JJ, your thoughts? I, I think he's a good case study in uh, some Stoic teachings. Uh, namely, you you can't, you know, influence other outside other things outside of you. You can instead influence your own actions and how you react to them. And I feel like he could have handled this situation a lot better. All right, D, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I don't know. It's I have different kind of thoughts on it. First, I'm just saying I feel like it's a little bit unfortunate with the situation. Um, you know, Punk coming into the organization was a good thing. I feel like he was a big draw. And, you know, either way, he was someone who, you know, put forth the effort, you know, when he was there in the ring. I, I feel because this is such a younger, you know, starting up company and things, there's not as much. I would say like establishment with a lot of things backstage. It seems like those who were, you know, independent and stuff can kind of get away with a couple of things, but I don't know that it, like I said, it's unfortunate, you know, on both sides. I I know that punk was going to get mainly the more brunt of everything, but, um, yeah, it is, I don't know. I'm, I'm not too happy about it. It is unfortunate. You know, I just feel like a B a W has talent, you know, they try to keep, you know, what they can together. Um, but I'm interested to see how this is going to go forward. Maybe the flip side of this is that they may be able to um, find a way to maybe promote other people or maybe they might get, I don't know, a little edgy in the future, but we'll see. We will see. But um, yeah, this is this unfortunate all around. I, I kind of wish it really didn't happen to go down that way. You know, I just feel like there's people on both sides that antagonizing one another. You know, like like you said, this isn't the first time this has happened, but yeah, um, I don't know. When I look at the totality of everything, it's I don't know. It's 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 unfortunate. 
So we do have something from um <clears throat> sorry from ring some from ringsidenews.com. Uh, entitled CM Punk Sucker Punch Jack Perry and Backstage Brawl Before All In, according to Neutral Source. And this was actually brought up yesterday, even though they're posting it 12 minutes ago. Uh, CM Punk and Jack Perry had a little skirmish backstage before AEW All In and London kicked off. Punk threatened to quit, but he wrestled the real world title match in Wembley Stadium anyway. After he won that match, Tony Khan suspended CM Punk and also Jack Perry, something that Punk was informed of through his inter- attorney, which I forgot about that. He hasn't had contact with Tony Khan or AEW, with the exception of finding out that he was suspended through the dirt sheets and also through his lawyer. Uh, where was I at? More information is coming out about the situation, and it's not pretty. Tony Khan was almost victim of this situation as well, and things were not pretty at all. CM Punk also wanted to fight Miro in the middle of everything. But then that story was finally cleared up. So what they mean by that story finally being cleared up, Miro and CM Punk were joking about it after the fact because Miro was involved in breaking up the fight. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter noted that a neutral source who is not a wrestler told their version of the event. According to this source, CM Punk sucker punched Jack Perry during the brawl. Now this is in quotations. Another version, and this would be a neutral source who was not a wrestler but was there and witnessed it, and his version was that right after Perry came to the back, Punk went went nose to nose with him aggressively and asked him if he had a problem. That person said Perry said he was just looking to get heat as a heel. Punk shoved him hard. Perry got in his face, and in that version, Punk sucker punched him and went for a choke. People immediately broke it up, and Khan was yelling at Punk to let him go. AEW also had their production team and announcer stall for time because they didn't know if CM Punk was even going to go out for his match against Samoa Joe. Tony Khan was later asked about the reported heated conversation he had with CM Punk and refrained to speak further about the investigation or the issue. AEW also had to nix Jim Ross's entrance at All in London because of that whole situation. This is obviously an intense controversy in AEW, but Tony Khan hopes to have some more information after their investigation by All Out this Sunday. So, neutral parties stating that CM Punk was more of the aggressor. Now, there are some that do have some theories that certain wrestlers in AEW, quote-unquote the Elite and Jack Perry and a few others, did all this to set CM Punk up. Now, what are y'all thoughts on that? Well, I think for the the initial and the brawl-out stuff, when, when you really look at it, I think, like, Hangman said some things that, you know, Punk was kind of saying was soft limits so i feel like in a sense people i still kind of feel that there was probably some people who still didn't wish that he was still back in the locker room or back with the company i still feel like there's a sense of animosity and stuff that was going around you know with the elite going in there and like kicking down the locker room and all that type of stuff you know i'm like people want to talk about unprofessionalism but obviously they're not going to get fired for basically instigating something and punk basically kind of coming out and defending himself even with the incident with the brawl out stuff he was saying like you got these people trying to say that i got somebody fired 
or kicked out of the company and all this stuff. So there's just a lot of these like little rumors. And I think Punk was just kind of getting fed up with a lot of the stuff that went down. And he spoke his mind about it. I mean, he didn't help, you know, Tony Khan standing right there, you know, discussing it too and everything like that. And that led to one incident, you know. So ever since like that starting off and then this just didn't help any help matters either. You know, even though I feel like Punk probably should have known that, you know, he probably didn't think he was already like on, you know, walking on eggshells or anything like that, just because of everything that's kind of happened since then with like the new show and things like that, you know, them giving him some kind of clout. But it just seems weird that they're going to terminate him over an incident like this compared to the stuff that happened with a brawl out. I figured that was probably maybe a little bit more magnified compared to what happened with this stuff because this you know like you said we get all these different sources and different people saying different things i feel like the incident with the brought off stuff is probably a little bit more you know detailed as far as like what went down and what kind of caused everything with his with his comments after the uh the match and everything like that but um i don't know i hate to see it have to go out like this because a lot of people are going to be like wow really jack perry you know, of all people, he's trying to throw his rate around and try to instigate stuff or like the whole idea about him trying to, oh, I'm trying to get heat as a ball. I'm like, come on, man. Like, you know, this, this whole thing is just, it's, it's just bad all around. So this is my thing because remember when CM Punk came back and, you know, collision happened and everything, he actually cut a promo against um, Hangman Adam Page, the Young Bucks and... Kenny Omega, so the elite, and mind you, he pretty much did the same thing. He was doing it to get heat, and also he wanted to force in a program to work with them because you know, yeah, it's like it would you know help. Yeah, it would definitely put sell seats. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, it is that walking on L shit. Um, eggshells thing because not walking in glass yeah (laughs) later (laughs) but he should have checked with tony khan and the elite before doing this same thing here we can't punish jack perry for wanting to get some extra heat yeah it was a jab at cm punk because of how he wanted to be written off tv that is understandable my thing is CM Punk is a veteran. During the entire all-out issue, initially his words during the media scrum started this. Calling them kids, swearing, saying negative things about Adam Page, about Kenny, about everyone damn there. How would you think I mean, honestly, if he was saying negative things about you, how would you react? I mean, yeah, I'd be upset. But even even when you look at the stuff, I think in his in his response, I think he was trying to address a lot of things that I think people were kept trying to say, like these different rumors and things about it. And I think that's what got him upset. Because he had these people saying things that he's trying to say, like, this isn't true, but everybody's going around saying, like, I had, I mean, nobody really has, like, definitive proof that, like, oh, I got, you know, Cabana in this spot and this spot. So I think it was just a little bit of back and forth. I mean, he's trying to basically clear waters in the only way that CM Punk knows how. So 
So so this is the problem I have with that. Because as a veteran, as someone who's been in the business as long as he has and have learned under specific individuals, including like Paul Heyman, and yeah, Triple H in a way, even though they don't like each other, you know, John Cena, so on and so forth, there is a time and a place to air out grievances. You do not do it during a media scrum after a pay-per-view. And the way that he came off, it made it look like he was throwing a tantrum. Because people were saying this, this, and this, and this, and he wasn't handling it. Now fast forward to what happened in All In. He let his anger get the best of him. He got carried away. Now, mind you, if he got fired, then yeah, there is a high chance that he did punch or choke, or both, to Jack Perry. As a veteran, he should know better. He should know to keep his attitude in check. This isn't the old school mentality of, hey, let's settle it. No, there's a lot of money riding on people. And of course, you go anywhere to the back of a freaking arena, there are going to be fans. Somehow, some way. Yeah, in this day and age, there's just way too much stuff that can get, you know, leaked out and things like that. Because, like, if you were to look back in WWE in the old days, they probably had plenty of these type of things. But you can't, like you said, you can't necessarily go around doing things like that without stuff being just, like you said, leaked out. Someone's going to say this, someone's going to say that. Because, like, when we watched with the Wrestle Talk video, you had issues with, you know, there was... There's always been some kind of drama with AEW, you know, Thunder Rosa or Andrade or um, what was the other guy you mentioned, um, you know, but people in that group and they're all, you know, moved around. So this stuff is constantly going back and forth. Um, but I know or even like with Eddie and stuff like that, them saying different things and stuff. It depends on who's throwing the first punch and things like that, you know, but obviously, like you said, with Punk. But the name that comes with it and all the clout, you know, like I said, it's the situation could have been resolved in a better way than what happened. Um, like I said, I feel like um, hopefully AEW doesn't take too big of a hit with this going down. But I guess we can we'll have to see going forward. But like I said, I don't, I ain't saying, and I mean, nobody's really interested in this whole thing. It's just everybody, everybody has a role to play with it. So, I don't know. Khan did what he needed to do. All right. JJ, your thoughts? Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, at this point, I, I they, they can't really go back and change anything. Um, I guess at this point, we just kind of wait and see what happens with Jack and, and, you know, hope that we don't have too much more drama like this, mm-hmm. you know, flesh out in the future because, you know, there's it's one thing for it to be orchestrated drama, you know, something that's planned by the company. It's an entirely other thing for people to let personal gripes about other performers get in the way of their profession. And honestly, the more the more people do that in this industry, they'll the less likely I think they are to, to succeed long-term, you know, CM Punk, 
I think at this point in his career, you can't say that he doesn't have talent, but at the same time, there's been enough times that he hasn't seen eye to eye with people that you notice the pattern and I don't think it's something that he can sustain long term. If he if he wants to finish this out, you know, and make it to retirement age as a working performer, he's gonna have to, you know, figure out what needs to change in order for him to make it there. All right. Sally, your thoughts? I agree with <laughs> JJ. All right. It's- So we're going to take a small break, and when we come back, we're going to review WWE Payback 2023 and also take a brief look at the card for AEW All Out 2023 in Chicago. So we'll be right back. Cheshire's Place, A Looking Glass and a Logical Madness. Of course, I am your host and the melodious one, Mr. Cheshire. Alongside me, the first lady of Internet Wonderland, Miss Sally Stitch. Hola. The velvety vanilla of Internet Wonderland, J.J. Walkie's Esquire. I'm here. <laughs> That's going to be the new thing with you, isn't it? Maybe. I don't know. You did last week, too. Was, was that what I said last week? Yeah. 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 Okay. Like about three different tape. times. Yeah, yeah. we're like we we know. <laughs> and of course true, the though. sexual chocolate of internet wonderland JJ Walkies. Oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the first time that happened this no, season either. No, it isn't. D Twizzle. <laughs> sorry about that, D. Yeah, no, it's very easy to get mixed up. I understand. These yeah. things happen. We are basically twins, twins. Yeah, yeah, they're twins. We're twinsies. Anyway, so we got to discuss WWE Payback twenty twenty three. Now, by far, this, let's be honest, this pay-per-view was fast. For once. Because it wasn't saturated with the bloodline. Yeah. Which is very true. It really wasn't saturated with the bloodline. Um, 
Let me fix. I hate whenever I go on my computer and try to go on Google, it switches from actually having Google as my um, my um, search engine, mm-hmm. and it goes to like secure engine mm-hmm. or secure that. search. When it should be just locked in that this is what I want. Right. But anyways, <clears throat> talking about WWE. Payback 2023. And as we said, this is actually quick. It was very quick. Yeah, until the end. But we'll get, I'm sure we'll, we'll touch that in a minute. Yeah, we will. Mm-hmm. But first and foremost, as always, WWE really doesn't do too much in terms of um, matches during their pre-show. So we don't even talk about the pre-show anymore unless yeah, if it's like it. WrestleMania. Yeah, which makes sense because, I mean, it's, it's it, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I've never been a big fan of, like, the pre-show stuff. It doesn't matter what type of sport event it is. Like Seems more like a house show kind of like. Yeah, it's just like people just talking about talking and stuff. I mean, that's <laughs> what you have, like, the. The color commentators and people are going to be talking throughout the actual, like, match. That's what kind of, like, mm-hmm. they're for. I just feel like it's a little pretentious. I mean, it's maybe coming from, like, WWE in a sense. I, I do like that AEW did the, you know, pre-show mm-hmm. for the matches just because it does give the people who aren't planning on buying the, the card the, the chance to at least get some entertainment that day if – they really, really are jonesing for it and are, like, hard up for it. Yeah, and plus it's free. You could just watch it on YouTube and things like that. It's like, yeah. you know, it's just it, that's something that would draw you in. I'm like, oh, you know, and then they'll take that time to, yeah. you know, promote the card and things like that in between. Mm-hmm. You know, so it gives you a reason to kind of tune in. But, yeah, you could skip the pre-show and not really care because they're going to just show the same video, video ads throughout the yeah. thing. yep. All right, so let's get into these matches. So, All right. Same as always, quick discussion. You know, I'll mention the match. Everyone will have round robin. And then, of course, during your part, rate the match one through five. One being the worst, five being the absolute best. So we're going to start with our first match, which is the long-awaited steel cage match between the man, Becky Lynch, Ooh. versus Trish Stratus. The female icon of WWE. So, we're going to start with Sally. Sally, what did you think of this match? Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus steel cage match. Best night of the match. Best match of the night. Best night of the match. Best night of the match, you know. (laughs) So, best match of the night for you? Yeah. Really? No, I could believe it. I mean, mean, yeah, I could see that. I, like, the storytelling was fun. The whole, like... Zoe Stark, tur- like, show up, but then, like, the mm. turn at the end, and, like, Becky winning. I like Becky. So. Yeah. All right. So what do you rate this, then? One through five. I'll give it a four, seven, five. Nice. Hmm. All right, JJ, your thoughts on this match? I liked it. I liked, I liked the, uh, um... You know, quote unquote stolen finishers from some of the older. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was Divas. A good yeah. Nice callback. I always like a good callback, especially to nostalgia, which, you know, as somebody who's 
prime wrestling viewing years were 2002 through mm-hmm. 2006. Yeah. That's that's kind of my bread and butter. So enjoyed that. Um, steel cage matches for me, they're not exactly my go-to when it comes to match types, even the more like entertaining ones, because it's always the same kind of trope. It's you get some, some pair of people stuck in between the ropes and the cage and just grating the person's face on it. Like it's, you know, cheese grater and, that, that kind of gets a bit worn out for me. So, I mean, that kind of detracts from it a little bit, but it, you give, you make it up a little bit in the, you know, kind of high-stakes moments of the match when you've got somebody who's teetering on the edge ready to drop or ready to pop out of the door. So, um, I think I'll give the match, I'd say, about a four. All right. D, your turn. Um. No, I did enjoy this. That's the first one starting off. I think what impressed me was a couple of the suplex spots that was in there. Then it was very entertaining. The simple fact that, you know, there are moments where you're thinking, oh, you know, Trish is actually going to win and things like that. Very good chemistry between both of them and them, you know, going back and forth. You know, the Zoe Stark thing. I mean, yeah, that's whatever. I mean, yeah, that happened. But, uh, but you know, Becky really showed out. They put on an, an amazing show to kind of kick off everything and um no I, I don't think up to this point i don't think i've ever even seen trish in a steel cage match that i can remember but yeah it was very entertaining because it could have been very like ho-hum you know and that's what i was kind of worried about kind of going into it i'm like is this even gonna really be any good or people gonna you know how much effort or energy is gonna be put into this but i was uh pleasantly surprised with this so I, but with that said i will give it a four so, <clears throat> I'm happy that the match happened during Payback as opposed to SummerSlam because they really had a chance to shine during this. And, yes, it is a match of the year candidate. I mean, there's news sites that are saying that this is definitely one of those that will be up there. I mean, Trish being a icon and a legend and... For her at her age, even though she is in a tremendous shape, going out there and doing everything that they did. Yes, also the nostalgia because Trish hitting the Widow's Peak, um, Becky using the Twist of Fate. Um, yep, the near falls, the the scrambling, the soup, the superplex, the um, avalanche manhandle slam, which gave Becky the win even against the odds from Zoe Stark, because mind you, the cage was supposed to keep Zoe out. Why didn't they lock the cage door? Yeah, right. I was yeah. kind of confused on that. That's why I didn't really give it. That's why I gave I think, it four, I think the only reason why they didn't, they didn't lock the door because, um, you know, they wanted it still to be an escape option. And yeah. they didn't want to have to be fumbling with the key in order to do that. So but that's never that's never an issue though. That's the thing. It's just yeah. put in, turn, pull out. <laughs> Anyways. But <laughs> overall, I mean, this was an amazing match. It was a good mm-hmm. start. I'm gonna give it a four point five. The only reason I'm not giving it higher is due to the fact that they didn't actually lock the cage and keep <laughs> yeah, Zoe out. It's like somebody forgot Shenanigans. that part. <laughs> yeah. Now, granted, yes, it did lead to the falling out between Zoe and Trish, and now this will write Trish out of the out of TV. 
due to the fact that this is the only reason why she came out of retirement was this program with Becky. So I think this is our uh, farewell to Trish. Yep. Passing the torch. Yeah, which is perfectly fine. I mean, as I said, Trish is amazing, but um, the stare down between her and Zoe. I wasn't feeling that at all. Yeah. It's like kind of phoned in. I'm like, this is. Yeah. You just like, you could have just could have put that on like raw or something like that. It'll be something that we'll talk about another time. Yeah. But anyways, the second match we have to talk about is, um, mind you, did we also mention that Payback had a host? Mm. Uh, the, no. the host only showed up like twice. Yeah, and then that <laughs> second time was just like, what the heck? I, I feel like our brand sponsor was more of a host than the host. Exactly. Yeah. We'll talk about the brand sponsor too. But um, John Cena was the host of Payback. It's amazing that we weren't able to see him during the entire time. <laughs> hmm. But no, he actually also became the referee for the next match we're talking about, L.A. Knight versus The Miz. Uh, you know what, D? Yeah, actually, JJ, I'm gonna have you kick this one off. Yeah, you kick this off. Me? Yeah. yeah. Why? Give us your review on this <laughs> and what you're rating it. Uh, what you giving this? Oh man. Well, it's hard for me because in in cases like this. I sometimes find my um, my prejudice against certain performers mm. kind of weighing on my my um, rating and just my total enjoyment of the match. So yeah. in in this case, you know, Miz is kind of meh. La <laughs> Knight, the meh. I, I, I <laughs> have kind of a meh. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> less th- less than the Miz, but still, it's like you know, I I could have you know take it or leave it kind of deal. Yeah, They're just right. kind of more sort of you know generic wrestlers, generic wrestling move sets and mm-hmm. and stakes, and just like yeah, what's going on here? Right. Uh, so it's like a grudge match. Yeah, but like you don't feel the it, it feels anger. it feels like it's the rubber match of like every. You know, pay per view card. Yeah, <laughs> right. People like this wrestling. So, I mean, like I said, you need matches like this. But for me, it's just me. Yeah, I so, I mean, I I'd, I'd probably give it like a three and a half. Yeah, nine two. Yeah. All right, D, your turn. What um, do you think? I think for me, I looked at this as a um. I'm not going to say like a Miz getting someone over, but this was a showcase match, you know, for LA Knight to basically be able to go out there and be able to, you know, put out his repertoire and, and, you know, especially doing in front of like Cena and things like that. And, you know, him getting the crowd pop and things, which is fine. Like, you know, nothing really stood out minus him doing the whole elbow drop thing. And then his other little special, but Outside of that, I mean, this this is a good thing for him. Hopefully now, the next time we see him in a pay-per-view, he'll actually, you know, be doing some, you know, be going up for a belt or something. Because I think that needs to be the next, that needs to be the next step. I think at this point now, like, we get it. Mm-hmm. We know we know who he is. You know what he's trying to do. They need to book him in a sense where he can 
actually do something now. So that that's my grade. I, I'll I'll probably also give it a three. You know, just because it was it was good, but like I said, it wasn't really anything to write home about. Right. All right, Sally, your thoughts. Um, it was a fun match to watch. Uh, I liked their interactions with Cena roughing. Um, the the, the time moments. that they almost bumped each yep. or bumped him. Yeah. The looks he gave and all that. It was that part was really fun. Yeah. Um. I don't think I saw half of the match because I was just distracted by the cinnamon toast crunch. Nope, that was that was the next one. That was the next one. That's yeah, it was the next one. Never mind. Yeah, we're gonna be talking about that. That's right. It was. So this one, it was just oh yeah, because I was like oh yeah, they need to make it. I was like the last couple they had dark uniform, dark outfits, and so they're like we need something to brighten it up. So yeah, yeah, but that's for next match. We're talking about this one was also like that. (laughs) I know, but. But what's it was your, when it started. Um, wasn't this the match that? Wait, no, no, no. I'm thinking the tag match. Yeah, yeah. So I think this is the first time where I was like, "Ooh, is the table gonna go?" Nope. <laughs> All right. So you're rating for this one? Um, three and a half. Uh, I'm just gonna give this one a three. Don't get me wrong. I love LA, LA Knight. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. He was amazing in the indies. You know, he's come a long way. Uh, anyone but the Miz. Tiny moments. Yeah. A- anyone but the Miz. I mean, the Miz, yes, he is a double Grand Slam champion. He's done everything. He doesn't have to prove anything else. He doesn't have to go on another round. I mean, have him being the journeyman. Is a good idea. Put newer stars are coming up over. But honestly, the feud for this was lackluster. Yeah. The match overall, I mean, it was decent. Mm. There were some spots that were shaky. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a three. Yeah. Oh, one thing I did want to mention was, uh, I didn't get a sense to say this, was with the steel cage match was the aftermath, even with Becky Lynch and some other random, I'm just going to call her bimbo uh, wrestling Barbie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We left thing. that on purpose. Okay. Meh. We left that on purpose Meh. due to the fact that, all right, you know, let's just go ahead and talk about it real quick. Mm-hmm. Yes, Tiffany Stratton did show up during Becky Lynch's interview. And now it's going to lead up to that rumored Tiffany Stratton versus Becky Lynch program on NXT, mm-hmm. where possibly Becky will win the NXT women's title. And the only reason for it is because she hasn't had it before. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> and that's all we need to know. All right, moving on. <laughs> It'll make a new, you, you know, undisputed women's title. <laughs> uh, they ain't going to go that far. <laughs> but anyways, continuing on, the next match that we're going to talk about is the brand sponsor. It's the Cinnamon Toast Crunch sponsored match. It's the cereal uh, Hollywood Palooza. Uh, here, here, let me add in here. <laughs> but it is the United States Championship match. Rey Mysterio being the champion versus Austin Theory. And this was more of... Everyone understands the idea of subliminal messages <laughs> and commercials <laughs> and sporting events and music and stuff. This was an open out subliminal message for Cinnamon Toast Crunch. 
It's more so due to the fact that we actually all were craving cereal by the time this was done. And I actually, myself and Sally, we actually had cereal during the show right after but that But not match. cinnamon toast crunch because we didn't have that. Yeah. Shoot. A little too sugary. I need to go buy some of that. You or, remember, you're or, supposed to buy the churro. Or or the churro one. Yeah, or or, yeah. or Life or Golden Grams. Yeah. Or all of the above. So, uh, Maria Mysterio, Austin Theory, um, starting with Deed this time. Yeah. Your thoughts on this match? Um, well, it was, uh, well, I would say it was a match, but I'm not a big fan of Austin Theory. I mean, he's, he's, he's good. He's decent in the ring and things like that. I think it's just a lot of his stuff out, out outwards with the character i'm not following um but like i said it was a good back and forth actually i was surprised i didn't even know they were really going to be fighting in this so um i mean it's a good defense initially really just felt very one-sided you know like once again it was like them showcasing theory being like hey guys he's actually really decent he has these skill sets and he can do this stuff. I mean, but he's throwing Ray Mysterio around. He's like picking him up, you know, like a little child and stuff, like on his back, you know, flipping him up, doing all these little dipsy doodah stuff and things like that. And then, you know, at the end, it's like none of that crap matter because he just, you know, Mysterio just, you know, maneuvered around him and sat on him and pinned him. So it was mm-hmm. like, it was still like a relatively ho hum defense, especially with everything kind of like leading up to it. I mean, they try to hype it up and be like, oh, there is, I guess he's just mad and about losing the belt and stuff. But I don't know, man. It it was all right. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to give this this one also a, a three. You know, the only thing I really took away from it was the subliminal <laughs> messages about Cinnamon <laughs> Toast Crunch. Because, I mean, that, that thing was just shoved in your face. There was even like a little logo. They there in the bottom in the left hand corner video yeah i was just like what is this you know it's just all i could think about was trying to come up with like cinnamon toast crunchy puns i think i only came up with one for the yeah. whole match but that was that was it that was i ain't never seen that where it's just like i thought it was gonna be like there and then they're gonna go back to the payback <laughs> logo because i thought that's what we were watching not you know. yeah you had you had the payback Hashtag in the top left, you had the cinnamon toast crunch in the bottom left, and then you had like the WWE logo in the yeah, bottom right. The, the only thing like, that was missing was like the little like news scroll at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. It's just like buy cinnamon toast crunch, <laughs> like you or we to... will own your family for the next 20 years. Exactly, you do realize that someone from WWE probably does listen to this. Oh, I hope they do and they take <laughs> notes. And acknowledge me. I mean, acknowledge us. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Acknowledge me. It, it's not trademarked, I hope. So, um, No, no, not trademarked yet. Mm. Keyword yet. Yeah. You, right. you also left out like one or two of the like keywords from that phrase. So I think we're in the clear. Okay, cool. All right. So, Sally, your thoughts. Ray Mysterio, Austin Theory, United States Championship. <laughs> What she was going to say on the last yeah, one. Yeah, what I was going to say on the last one. I was all distracted by the cinnamon toast crunch. And I gave it five boxes. <laughs> <laughs> five box, box But for stops. the match, it's only going to be like three and a half <laughs> again. Yeah. Okay, that works. But it gets all the cereal. Mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I mean, it was flying all over the damn place. Remember, losers have to get cornflakes. That is true. I and thought it was raisin bran. Wheaties. Raisin bran. Yeah, Wheaties. The, un, the unflavored Wheaties. I was going to say Tor or, or which one is it? Wheat, wheat, shredded wheat. The shredded oh. wheat bricks. No, brand flakes. The giant oh. shredded wheat bricks. Oh. oh, from Post. That have no oh. no frosting. Ugh. Oh, God. I've mean, eaten those once. Like, I, I bought one box of them, and I haven't bought them since. Well, I would hope not. Wasn't that those called, terrible. like, Toasties or something? Maybe. Oh, that's like the what for? I mean, the uh, the knockoff <laughs> version. Those are the uh. ones you would find in the plastic wraps. <laughs> Like yes. at the far end, yes. yeah. at the end of the uh That was the most confusing app. thing about it was that it was like, I think there was two or three of the plastic oh, on the, the shredded inside. wheat. And, and like yeah, you I pull it out crap. and there's like, like somewhere between four and six bricks per mm-hmm. each of the, the yeah. three. You would take your cheese grater and you just <laughs> into the bowl. But it, y'all want to know something interesting about that? It actually doubled as good fire kindling too whenever you wanted oh. to do no. campfires. Cool. Nice. Yeah, pretty much you're eating the equivalent of, you know. Of a cardboard box. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm. All right, so, JJ, your thoughts on this match? Yeah. No, about the same. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, of meh. I, I did enjoy the cinnamon toast crunch bit, though. So it's yeah. like, the cinnamon thing I got through that. I, the only thing that would have made it better for me, I think, about the cinnamon toast crunch thing, if they, it would be if they had something kind of like the... Um, the main event where they had kind of the cinematic and they did like them eating each other kind of thing. I would have loved to see that or oh them like God. in a wrestling ring and bounce off of the robes and then eat like that would have like, come on, yeah. there would have been no better opportunity to do something like that. Yeah. I mean, they could have had somebody in the audience with a box just. Yeah. Or it, yeah, yeah. And like, then the, the just KSI thing. Do the yeah. KSI thing with the, the toast crunch dude. Yeah. Right. Just take it and just like, Oh, I don't like it. Or Ray Mysterio uses and hits it. Yeah, Ray Mysterio like, like blah, cinnamon breaks the box over his, over his head and um, pours it everywhere, and then yeah. like power slams Feel it into the, the power and, into the cereal. Right, he could have went underneath the ring and it'd be like, what? writhing in the cereal. Be like, what's that he's got? Oh, it's a box of cinnamon toast crunch. What? All right, so okay, but but uh, for like being serious and all, yeah, though I don't know how. But this one ended up being lower than the last one. I'll give it a three. Yep. So, okay. I like the ideas for sending Toast Crunch. So, WWE, Post Company, if y'all are listening to this, somehow, some Marketing way, gold. It really is. But anyways, leading to this match. Now, the buildup for it, I mean, originally, Santos Escobar was supposed to be wrestling for the U.S. title. Austin Theory took him out in the backstage, took him out in the ramp, injured him. Ray came in. Ray wrestled. Ray won. And then the build up from there, introducing Grayson Waller into the mix and everything else. Oof. Oof. Yeah, Grayson Waller sucks. I mean, Oof. did I say that out loud? Yes. Oof. I don't want to be on the Grayson Waller effect and have to get the Grayson Waller rub, whatever the hell that's supposed to be. <laughs> Gross. I don't want to be rubbed by Grayson Waller. No. That's Just the so. rub. Yeah, I ain't messing with that. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I don't swing that way. Um, anyways, <clears throat> overall, this match, I mean, it was good. This is what you would expect from Austin and Ray. Mm-hmm. And Austin did have a lot of good offense. Yeah, he had to play the, 
the strong character, um, aside from Ray's luchador experience, normally it's Austin that is the quicker uh, opponent. So it was a nice little change. They had good chemistry in the ring, but I'm still going to give it a three. Yep. If it, I would probably give it a 3.25, but I was hungry for cereal. Yeah. That was the most distracting thing ever. Ever. And I can't deal with that. Nope. But yes, Rey Mysterio did win and he did retain. Now we get to the fun part. Mm. Woohoo. The Steel City Street fight for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships, which mm. put the champions, KO, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn, versus the Judgment Days, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this was definitely the epitome of lazy booking. What? But good lazy booking. Good lazy booking because of the story and everything yeah. and how everything progressed. Is it the finish? It's the finish. Okay. Uh, it's yeah. the finish that pissed me off the most about this match. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if it was more of a clean street fight, and I use that term due to the fact that we had J.D. Madonna interfere. We had Ray, uh, sorry, not Ray. Dom. Dom. Dirty uh, dumb. Dirty dumb. Dirty Sounds dumb. like Dirty Sanchez. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, we had Dominic Mysterio interfere. We had Rhea Ripley. Although it was nice to see her tackle KO and the angle that she was at was very... Um, Flattering. Good word. I think we can do a little <laughs> bit better. Um, awe-inspiring. Okay. Yeah. Um, Magical. Magical. <laughs> you know, I hated the ending. Yeah. Now, okay, this is my thing. Now, just to let everyone know, yes, Judgment Day wins because of a lot of outside interference, and the MVP of this match was Dominic Mysterio using the money in the bank uh, briefcase on Sami Zayn. Honestly... I wouldn't mind if it was just Dom interfering. Right. But having Dom, having Mm -hmm. JD, having Rhea, you have five men and Dominic Mysterio (laughs) (laughs) interfering just to take down two individuals. Right. Right. To me, now in my eyes, yes, Judgment Day is a heel faction. To me, it made Finn and Damien look, look weak. weak. And I mean, like, extremely weak. You have Damien Priest, Finn Balor. They have years of experience. They're extremely do like extremely durable guys. They're highly physical. They didn't need the help, honestly. No. no. Now, wait. Dom coming in and out. Okay, that's understandable. That works out because, you know, that's Dom. He's a, he's a snake. Mm-hmm. But having all the Judgment Day and J.D. Madonna, who isn't a member of Judgment Day, interfere in this, it just made Judgment Day as a faction look weak. It made them look like they have to cheat every single time. Yeah. yeah. 
almost like that conundrum with Roman Reigns for the longest time where he's supposed to be strong. He's supposed to be the tribal chief, but look what happens. Mm-hmm. He had the Usos help. He had Solo help. You know, it makes, even though he's supposed to be the longest reign champion, it makes him look weak, and it makes it look like his reign has a giant asterisk right beside yeah. it because it wasn't on his own merit. No. And same with this victory. Right. Now, granted, the match was fun. Yeah. yeah. It was a fun time. I loved it. Even whenever KO and Zami popped up wearing yeah. the hockey jerseys yeah. and went straight on hockey goon. Yeah, all straight up like freaking, they popped up like little animatronics. So like, boop, whoop. And it was awesome. Yeah. It was epic. I loved it. Yeah. You know, if Good it was, yeah, like if everything would have stayed fun like that and not be so convoluted at the mm-hmm. end, I would have said this was a 4.75 match. Yeah. Yeah, just just take out like two, like you said, two of the inter- extra interferers, and give the one that's still there the money in the bank to break it up at the end. Yeah, and you know, regardless on who won on that, if they would have stepped with that formula, I would have been happier. Yeah. So at most, I'm going to give it a four point five. Mm. It was the ending that ruined it for me, honestly. All right, Sally, your turn. <laughs> What did you think of this match? I thought it was fun. I kept thinking the same thing. Though, like, it takes five people to take these two down. It was the same thing with the bloodlines. Like, it took Sammy, the Usos, Roman, all of them to be able to take down Sammy and Kevin then, too. Yeah. So, why do they have to keep going against uneven numbers all the time? But it was right. a lot of fun. I liked. I like watching Kevin and Sammy a lot, mm-hmm. so... I'm really sad that they aren't champions anymore. Hopefully I'll come back to them. I have a feeling I will. Yeah. I have a feeling Um, I will. But for this one, I think I would give it 4.25 to watch. All right. JJ? I really enjoyed it. I I like having the props, especially if there aren't any other matches that really have props. So um, that was a nice aspect. The... The big, um, you know, high-flying move from KO, the senton bomb onto the table with Dom. Like, that was a really good part. Little little off on the mark, but, you know, still the fact that it landed and it's probably, I would say, the highlight of, of the match, aside from, you know, them coming out in the hockey year. Yeah. And, yeah, just all, all around the the only match that had like my signature kind of preferential aspect in in terms of like it didn't have like the the traditional tag aspect because they didn't really like tag in or out to, as far as I recall because of the brawl aspect so it was a straight on street fight so there yeah. wouldn't be any tags yeah anyways. It's just, just just falls count anywhere kind of yeah so you could pin whoever doesn't yep. matter if they got tagged in or not um no but uh, yeah. I I liked all of the stuff that they included aside from, you know, some of the shenanigans at the end there. I do hope that Sammy and, and KO can can uh, start to maybe build on their own faction and turn it into some sort of you know, mainstay in, in the in the I guess WWE 
you know, meta. But uh, I'll I'll go ahead and give it a four point five. All right, D, your turn. Um, no, I did enjoy it. It was a lot of good, a lot of good spots. Um, I was happy that they're able to go around and be actually be like physical, doing some audience work, you know, WWE style and things like that, which was great. Um, you know, and honestly, like you said, now that I kind of sit back and kind of think about it, the extra interference was a bit much. Honestly, if they would have just kept it with Dom hitting them with the um, briefcase, yeah, with the briefcase and. Finn getting the pin that way, I would have been fine with that because everything leading up to it, they just gave you the the inclination that, oh, Sammy's going to pull this out and, you know, it's going to be relatively predictable and they're going to hold on to it, which, you know, left more dissension in the ranks. But, you know, the fact that this was probably the only match that really, like, subverted my expectations, you know, and um, I was I was impressed with it, you know. Um, you know, and then they did have the homage to, like, Terry Funk and... Things like that. So they put in a lot of work. A lot of good stuff with this went into this uh, match. Um, Especially for it being a street brawl and stuff. And, you know, I was really concerned that it was going to be very sanitized for the most part. But I walked away pretty impressed with that. So I'll definitely definitely give this a four. I I will say this is probably like the better match of the whole pay-per-view as well. Right. All right, so now we go to the segment that eh, brought us some interesting news, and it was the Grayson Waller effect with the host, Grayson Waller. God, he's such a prick. And his guest, the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. And by far, this was a fun segment because Cody brought out a little bit of information and introduced a new superstar to Monday Night Raw being main event Jay Uso. So now this is definitely going to shape up going into possibly in the next WrestleMania, the brother versus brother match. This is a good way to keep them Jay and Jimmy separated. That way they can build up more as single stars and eventually start leading into that program. So, I want y'all's thoughts on the Grayson Waller effect. So, starting with JJ, your thoughts on it. Uh, highly predictable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like you, yeah. you have Cody Rhodes come out and say, are you expecting me to do all the, this, this, and this, and this, and this? Because that's exactly what's going to happen, but it's not going to be me. It's going to be this other guy that's coming out. And, I mean, we had kind of an idea that, the Usos were going to re-up their contracts, but, I mean, had to come out at some point, and I suppose it makes sense for them to announce that at, you know, pay-per-view, so. Yeah. All right, D, your thoughts on this segment? I didn't like it. I thought it was something they could have did on Raw or SmackDown or something like that. It just... It just slowed everything down. Like, like I draft. don't. Yeah, that's it, that stuff that's built for TV. Like they didn't need to throw that in a darn pay per view. That's just so. You, I didn't. I just maybe maybe Jay should have come out wearing the Captain Crunch or <laughs> yeah, or with a bowl <laughs> or Captain Crunch. Crunch. But um, but nah, I didn't. I didn't care for it to be honest. It just kind of like you said. It just delayed the inevitable. I mean. I mean, it was just a big pop for 
um, Jay. And that was basically it. But they could have did that on, you know, Raw or something. Yeah. I, I didn't care for it, to be honest. All right. Sally, your thoughts? I was upset Grayson didn't get punched too much <laughs> until that final hit. The one super kick the one to the face. super kick. Understandable. Should have happened sooner. True. So, this is my one thought on it. Um, now, the reason why that they decided to do this, mm-hmm. because if they wouldn't have, the pay-per-view would have been over in two hours. They needed something for filler. They needed something to bring on some suspense and stuff because Cody Rhodes' big announcement has been alluded to for a little bit here. Um, And also, just in case, because of our next match, they had to make sure Rhea Ripley was all right after doing that spear. So, good chance to do that as well. All right, so my thoughts on it is all right. Welcome to Monday Night Raw, Jay. I mean, it's been a while since you've been on there. So, anyways, we're going to talk about the women. Actually, yeah, we're going to talk about the Women's World Championship match. Raquel Rodriguez versus Mama Rhea Ripley. So, uh, yeah, this was a very, this was a hard-hitting match between these two. So, JJ, kick it off. What were your thoughts? Yep. Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is in, in my opinion, what good wrestling looks like. Um, you know, two, two big old wrestlers meet slapping meat and pulling off the big power moves for the better part of the entire match and not a whole lot of fluff and not a whole lot of overly played up theatrics of, you know, people overselling moves and, and, um, pulling off hijinks that Mm -hmm. just doesn't in some situations belong. I mean, if it's a gimmick, it makes sense, but most of the time I don't think it does. Um, so yeah, the only thing that I think would have made this a better match would have been if it was like a tag match, because then you would have had even more, you know, constant action well, going on but that, i that would defeat the purpose of it being the women's, women's title right match. yeah yeah so all in all the, the if if for somebody could analyze this match and be like okay all of the matches are going to look like this from now on we might you know modify it a little bit because you know this character is a high flyer and this one's a you know more of a grappler and you know those kind of things that'd yeah. be fine but for the most part, 5.0. We're we're doing it. All right, D, your turn. Um, no, I did enjoy this match. It was, you know, two women with actual like strength and stuff. So I was very curious to see how this was going to work out. And what I what I did enjoy was that you know uh, Rhea was kind of getting thrown around a little bit. You know, eh. have, <laughs> um, you know, not making it a. Um, uh, not making this, you know, really like one-sided or anything like that. Um, just to show that, you know, there's some, you know, vulnerabilities here and there, you know, a size difference. And, you know, she figured out her own way and her own power to do it, which, I mean, the ending was kind of kind of rushed. I didn't really care for that ending either. I think that's that frustrated me a little bit more than the previous match, to be honest, because I would have I would have preferred to see a clean fill a clean 
finish, you know, and it just didn't seem, it seemed the way that that wrapped up was just kind of, oh, really? This is how this is going to go down? All right. Well, I mean, I expected Rhea to win, but it just didn't seem, it didn't seem like that match was calling for a distraction spell to be cast. You know, just let them go at it. (laughs) Um, But with that said, I'll, I'll still give it a four just because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just like two women just it. Well, I should say it wasn't no uh, Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler BS. So that's an improvement. True. All right, Sally, what'd you think of it? The cameramen did their job. <laughs> and it was a really fun match to watch. Like, it was intense. There was, um, it was just a good show of both of them being at their best. So I I really enjoyed it. It was as good as the Becky and Trish one for me. All right. So you're rating for it? I'm going to do 475 again. All right. Um, I like the match. Mm-hmm. The ending pissed me off again. Mm. The idea that the Judgment Day's hardest hitter being Rhea Ripley, and we've seen her do some dudes dirty. I mean, look at what happened earlier. Kevin Owens got speared. Yeah. I mean, Luke Gallows was body slammed during SmackDown. Mm-hmm. This makes no sense. She shouldn't need anyone to hop in and cheat for her. Once again, it makes her look weak. I mean, yeah, I know heel tactics and everything. I understand that I was a heel in wrestling for one point. But I, I personally liked it because Dom made a fool of himself. And well, yeah, that happens. And but. like he literally contributed nothing from my perspective to the win. Yes, he distracted um, Raquel, but at the same time, it, it's like the absolute lowest amount of a distraction that could have been. Yeah, he, yeah. he might as well just jumped on the ring post and just yell at the referee. Yeah, I mean, he literally could have just come out as her handler like all of those other, you know, people used to come out, you know, like Paul Bearer. Which would have made more sense to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having him fully involved in the match as opposed to sure. last five minutes rush yeah. through. So, to me, it's a 9.75. Oh, sorry, 4.75. I'm tired. (laughs) It's a little bit past midnight It's 11. It's 11 on the scale. Yeah, so we're going to go with a 4.75 on this one. Now we got to talk about our main event. The main event. For the World Heavyweight Championship, Seth Rollins being the champion versus Shinsuke Nakamura. A lot of drama with this one. A lot of drama, a lot of storytelling. D, I'm going to have you kick it off first. All right. So this might be an unpopular take with this one, but I am. I I liked how it started, but then it it kind of slowed down. Like, honestly, I was starting to doze off at some point, And I'm like, if that happens, that's never really good. I did like the videoette that they had for it. It was very, very well put together, you know, um. You know, putting, you know, you understanding kind of like the rivalry and the fights and stuff like that. And Seth Rollins really isn't the person who, for once, isn't being like the annoying antagonist prick person. Now you have somebody who's actually 
you know, putting some, um, you know, actual fear, you know, into him. So it's just not like this, like, oh, I'm so cool, so great. So it's kind of different to see Rollins in a position where he was, you know, concerned and stuff. Um, like I said, the match was good. They're definitely, you know, playing mind games and things like that. And he went toe to toe, but, um, I think it ended up having some pacing problems, um, towards the end and, uh, the finish was all right, but you know, it, it wasn't, I don't know. It just didn't really stick out to me compared to all the other matches. Um, I was more hyped for the videoette than I was. You know, with as the as the match went on, it just kind of dragged, kind of started losing interest. Um, but I will, but because of that, I will definitely uh, give it a three for this one for me. Unfortunately, um, what about you, JJ? What do you think? Me, well, I suppose as far as just like. The pacing, I, I have to agree with you. Like, it was nice in the beginning. Um, after that, things just kind of proceeded to sort of systematically break down. Um, it would make sense if there was more of a reason to the reason, you know, behind them getting worn out. Like, if there was a lot of action and then, you know, just a big space of them trying to fight to their feet and, you know, some of that kind of stuff. And then a lot more action and, the, or, you know, people get, getting a second wind and then, you know, kind of fighting it out that way. But there wasn't really it, the, 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 I'm trying to think of the word, hmm. the sort of basically the pacing, I guess, is yeah, probably like the, the best the best way the, for me to explain it because yeah. it it seemed like it was all pretty well just like it started at one speed and then just went it, down yeah, and it, and there wasn't like bumps there weren't bumps of you know action right. wh- where they were like okay we need to like yeah really, like really good spots yeah. like you compare something like this compared to what we saw with like. I guess, like, MJF and Adam Cole. Yeah. Like, the closest that I think this match had to that was when Shinsuke uh, tried to uh, pull off his one finisher. So he's standing in the corner of the ring, like, hyping himself up. Like, I'm going to hit it. And then, like, you know, whatever happens afterwards. But it's like... It's like three seconds <laughs> yeah. out of like a 20 minute match. It's like, yeah, there should be more to, to it than that. I mean, I feel like they used every minute of it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, but I guess overall for me, it just kind of a not as bad as like a middle of the road or like a rubber match type of situation. But at the same time, like I didn't get a lot of the storytelling other than, you know, a little bit of the back injury kind of thing going on with uh, Seth Rollins. So yeah. I'll go ahead. I'll probably give it a three, seven, five. All right. <clears throat> Sally. The fact that Seth was not wearing something totally ridiculous and wonderful started it off terribly for me. <laughs> Golden maid doesn't cut it. You got to be ridiculous and wonderful, not just half hearted. Um, but I, I agree. This one, 
started off good, and then it just kind of had some pacing things. It lost, I lost interest in a little while, a while in. All right, so you're rating for it? 3.5. You know, for this one being the main event, and yes, it had a lot of storyline <laughs> elements. The action was good, but yes, it began dragging on a little bit. It did go a little bit too long, but not Roman Reigns match long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. No, yeah. Definitely not. So for that, I'm giving it a five <laughs> <laughs> because it was still within a good time frame. But it realistically, overall, if they would have structured it a little bit differently, it would have been higher up for me. I'm giving this a three point. It could have been better. You know, I'm not upset at it. And like the intro for Shinsuke, having an anime style and everything, I was hoping that he was going to win because Seth does need some time off. He's been working. He's been a steady workhorse. I don't remember the last time he actually took a break for anything. And with his injuries to his lower back, he does need some type of care. He does need some type of surgery. He might as well do it now while he's still young than continue to work and then find more permanent damage to it. But overall, payback 2023. Let's give our final ratings for the show. Starting in order, so starting with Sally. Overall. I'm going to get a 4.25. All right, JJ? Uh, I think for me it's a 3.75. All right, D? Uh, It's a 3.5 for me. I'm going to give it a 4 even. I mean, yeah, there was a couple things that I did not like. But overall... Payback did what it had to do to be more of a carry-on from SummerSlam. So, I didn't mind it. It was good. It was still good. And they have some Match of the Year candidates on there. It could have been a little bit better, but, you know, they're not trying to rush things. And... Unfortunately, without the presence of Bloodline being involved in this, it did, even though we had a lot more action and it flowed a little bit better, it did fall a little bit to the wayside because of that. But anyways, we're going to take one more small break. And when we come back, we're going to quickly go through AEW All Out 2023 card and make our predictions. So we'll be right back.
again to Cheshire's Place, a looking glass on logical madness. I am your host, the melodious one, Mr. Cheshire, alongside me, the first lady of internet wonderland, Miss Sally Stitch. Hello, hello. The velvety vanilla of internet wonderland, JJ Walkie's Esquire. Gesundheit. And the sexual chocolate of internet wonderland, D Twizzle. Hey. All right, here we go. AEW All Out 2023 in Chicago. These are the projected matches we're going to go through. We're going to just quickly give our predictions of winners and losers for this. And we'll see what happens come Sunday. So the first match on the docket is the TNT Championship. Luchasaurus, who is the champion. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. My bad. Christian Cage. Mind you, even though Luchasaurus did all the heavy work, Christian thinks he's the champion. Versus Darby Allen. So starting with Miss Sally Stitch, who do you think is going to win, Luchasaurus or Darby Allen? Uh, I'm going to go with Darby just because he's one of my favorite in AW. All right. Can't go against the moody skeleton boy. JJ? Luchasaurus, but Darby's going to fuck him up. <laughs> I like it. So you're thinking shenanigans from Christian? Oh, sure. All right. Yeah. Yep. D? Um, I think Christian Cage is going to pull us out. <laughs> I mean, uh, Luchasaurus. He's going to pull it. Yeah, he's going to pull <laughs> The belt? Yes, or maple syrup. Either way, he's going to, something's going to get pulled out. And and we're going to find out this Sunday. That's what she said. Yeah. Sunday, Sunday. All right. You know, my prediction is Darby Allen's going to win this. Because I have a feeling, once again, Christian Cage is getting ready to be on his way out. As is potentially Sting. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right, the next match we have to talk about is the eight-man tag team match. <sighs> FTR mm. and the Young Bucks teaming mm. up Ooh. versus Bullet Club Gold being Jay White, Rock Hard, Juice Robinson, and the Ass Boys. I mean, <clears throat> the Gun Club, Austin and Colton Gunn. The Bang Bang Gang. Yep, the Bang Bang Gang. That is the stupidest bloody name. No, until Jay, Jay White says it, then it sounds freaking legit. I like it. Every time he says it, it's just maybe it's just because of his accent. But, but did y'all see the meme that someone put out? Um, they actually play 50 Cent's um, Many Men <laughs> on the intro for Bullet Club Gold. Nice. With Austin and Colton because how the camera's rotating around them. Uh-huh. And it oh, makes I remember sense. that. Yeah. It makes sense. I think they should do that. They should do that as their intro. But they need to make sure that they're paying Fiddy a lot of money for that. Mm, of course. Yep. Of course. But anyways, once again, Sally, FTR, Young Bucks, Bullet Club Gold. Who do you think is going to win this? I'm going to go with 
FTR and the Young Bucks just because I don't even know who the other people are. You don't know the Bang Bang Gang? Well, no, Bullet Club Gold, they were one of the ones on the card for All In. All In. They were the ones who... Um, but I didn't see how. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. You'll get to see them tomorrow. Yeah. But I like FDR. I hate the Young Bucks, so yeah. I hope they kind of kick yeah. the Young yeah. Bucks a little bit, too. <laughs> all right. JJ, your thoughts? Oh, FDR all the way. All right. D? Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to go with the Bang Bang Gang. You know, I just like saying that. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're going to buy the damn shirt if they come out with it. Oh, if I'm, I'm waiting because that's so legit. And people will be like, oh, my God, what are you a part of the? No, it's not the Bang Bros. It's <laughs> bang, bang. I just want to set the record straight. It's the Bang Bang Gang. Not not. They didn't change. Bang Bros is still probably incorporated organization. But it's either here nor there. But Bang Bang Gang makes it sound a lot worse. It makes <laughs> it sound like the Gang Bang Gang. They're like, yeah, guns exactly, up, man. See? See, see, now you're getting it. But um, I'm going to go with FTR and the Young Bucks on this one. The reason being, yes, Bullet Club Gold is getting a good effect here. Mm -hmm. Yes, they're still carrying on the idea of Bullet Club in the U.S., which is perfectly fine. And I guess it would be considered a sub-affiliate for Bullet Club because they also have a Bullet Club U.S. in New Japan whenever they do the U.S. shows here. Um, But, yeah, I'm going to go with the Young Bucks and FTR on this one. All right, so now we got to talk about one of the first or the second second championship match here, Mm -hmm. which is the first Ring of Honor match that's going to be on here. Uh, for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship, Samoa Joe versus Shane Taylor. Now, D, I'm going to start with you because you mentioned that you are extremely excited for this. Mm-hmm. So, your prediction for this match? I think Joe's going to win, but um, no, I'm looking forward to this match mainly just mainly because of Shane Taylor because he looks like a very formidable opponent, and I mean we're talking about you know. Big beefy men slapping man meat. I mean, it doesn't get more meaty. You know, it's the meaty man match. Triple M. So this is going to be a freaking. This is going to be a pretty. I think that's going to be a really good underrated match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never again do I want to hear you say meaty man match. <laughs> it is. It's a meaty man. Triple M. Ooh. I never want to hear that again. <laughs> Triple M. <laughs> Triple M. Because someone from AEW is going to listen to that mm-hmm. and turn that into a trios team. Turn, yep. turn it into the, a, the, a actual like match type. I know. Meaty men match. I want to have a meaty man match in every pay-per-view event yeah. from here until Kingdom Come. Exactly. And it's just going to be two dudes wearing like <laughs> extremely tight European And, and the only thing that happens is either they're, pl- they're doing chops or they're like giving each other slams. It's like that Turkish um, slap <laughs> wrestling that we saw not too long ago. Oh, yeah, I'll have to show you all videos of that. Yeah. Um. Anyways, we... JJ, your prediction. I I believe it's gonna be Joe. And the only thing that would make this match better for me is if it was against Keith Lee. Hmm. Yeah. Damn, what was going on with him? I don't know. Uh, I think he's on the shelf. That could be. Maybe he's taking a break. 
you know, as much as I love Keith Lee, he does need to start losing some additional weight. He was forced to lose weight in WWE, but I think for his own health benefit, he needs to lose weight and slim down and everything. But anyway, Sally, your predictions. Samoa Joe or Shane Taylor? Samoa Joe, because like I said, I have no idea who this other guy is. (laughs) I'm going to have to go with Joe. Shane Taylor is a great wrestler, but Joe, I mean, he's not going to give up that belt for anything. Nope. All right, so the next match we have to talk about, Eddie Kingston Kingston and Katsuyori Shibata versus Blackpool Combat Club members Claudio Casanoli and Wheeler Yuta. JJ, I'm going to start with you on this one. Wait, so Eddie Kingston is in the match against Wheeler and Claudio. Claudio. No. No, he has a tag team partner, Katsuyori Shibata. But, 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 but is it just a basic straight on? But John Moxley's match? not in this one. No, no, because John Moxley has a match later on. Right. Yeah. Okay. I thought, I just thought, I thought he was fighting Eddie Kingston. No, 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 no. Mm. no. Granted, they're probably going to have a match during the next pay-per-view, which will be double or nothing. But sure. Okay. You have to work up to that. Um. So. This will be an interesting one. Mm. Um, I predict shenanigans. And I think because of that, I'll give it to Eddie Kingston. All right. Sally? Blackpool Combat Club all the way. All right. D? I'm going to go with Eddie Kingston on this one. Uh, See, this one is tough for me. I like Eddie. He needs to pick up more momentum. And he has been since he went to Japan, did the G1 Climax, won the New Japan uh, Never Open Weight. Or I think that's the belt he won, is it? Or was it the strong style? Strong style. It was the strong style, which is perfect for him. But I love Blackpool Combat Club. Um, I'm not going to do a cop out though. Even though I love Blackpool, I have a feeling that this is going to be an Eddie match. Yep. But I'm also going to say that this will probably lead up to. The eventual singles match between Eddie and Claudio. Okay, yeah, I like to see that. Because they're playing on a lot of history. Because, yes, they were good friends. Yes, they had issues in Shikara. They had issues in Ring of Honor. Um, So they're always playing on that. And even though now in real life they're cool, you know, they work things out and everything. You have to in this business. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there, there's just, I just have a feeling that some stuff is going to happen on it. All right, so let's talk about our next match. Miro versus Powerhouse Hobbs. So, Sally, your turn. Um, I think I'm going to go with Miro. Oh, okay. Okay. JJ? I'm not terribly familiar with either of them, so just because of the name, I'm going with Hobbs. D? 
Um, I'm also going to go with Miro. I think Miro's definitely going to pick this. It's, this is a very unpredictable match. Um, it could go either way, but this is going to be another Triple M match. <laughs> another meaty man match between two big opponents. One bigger than the other one, but we'll find out which one will win. Come out on top or on the bottom, but <laughs> we'll see. That's why I'm picking Miro. I'm going to go with Miro, and not because, you know, this this is definitely going to be a typical Miro match, but also due to the fact that there are rumors that um, his old partner from WWE, his hype man, is supposed to be coming back. Oh, Lacey, wait, no. No, not Lacey Evans. No, 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 no. Um, Aiden English, but he'll be going by his real name. But also C.J. Perry, who is is Miro's real-life wife, Lana. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Is supposed to be finally making her debut in AEW somewhere. Mm, So it's a possibility that this is what's going to happen, and we're going to have the trio back again. All right, so now we got to talk about the third. This is a running gag at this point. The third championship match, TBS championships, Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho. Starting with you, D, who do you think is going to take this one? Uh, this is going to be hard. Um, Dang, this is going to be hard because I think with the outcasts, I feel like they're still going to break up. So, dang it, I'm I'm gonna go with Chris for this one. I mean, her run's been pretty good, but I don't know. It's so hard because I I really do wouldn't mind seeing Ruby pulling it out because she's definitely paid her dues, you know, with everything <laughs> she's done up to this point. Thank you. Actually, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for the upset. I'm gonna go for Ruby. All right, JJ, <laughs> Ruby. Okay. Sally? I was going to go with Ruby because I like the people that are in the outcasts as well. So I figured they'd be, it's good to have some gold with them. I'm going with Chris. Yeah. It's way too early for her to drop the belt. I mean, she's had it since double or nothing. Yeah, which has been how long? Since May. May to June, June, July, July, July. Three months. Way too early for her to drop the belt, especially having to deal with injury after mm-hmm. injury mm-hmm. and, you know, so many setbacks. Yep. Now, I have I have Chris to win on this one. I really do. I have a feeling that she's going to win it. All right, so let's talk about the grudge match here. Kenny Omega versus Konosuke Takeshita. JJ, you're kicking off this one. I'm putting Takeshita over Omega. Oh, which will be interesting. Okay, okay. D, your turn. Um, I'm gonna go with Kenny for this one. This is gonna because I think the I think Kanatsuke got the pin in all in. Yep, he yep. did. So I on think, Omega. Yeah. yeah, on Omega. So yeah, I feel like I feel like Omega's gonna come back. I mean, this is probably this has potential to be the match of the night, honestly. Yeah. Okay, okay. Sally? I'm gonna go with Kenny. All right. Uh, this one's going to be hard because I have a feeling because, you know, Don Callis is trying to build the Don Callis family. And we know that in October we have Wrestle Dream coming up. 
which is the no, which is the next New Japan and AEW crossover show in honor of Antonio Inoki. I have a feeling that even though Kenny will pull this off, there will be a new member of the Callis family making their debut. Sure. And it's going to be someone else that Kenny has history with in New Japan. I don't, I don't know who it's going to be. This is just a prediction. But I have a feeling Kenny will win it, but a new member for the Callis family is going to pop up. And I think you can't do Omega versus Osprey again. No. Well, it's too soon. And they already did three matches. Oh, they only did two. Was it three? New Japan as well. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Technically, it's four because two in AEW, two in New Japan, probably five. They've done a lot of damn matches. Hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Kenny for this one. All right, so let's talk about the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. MJF and Adam Cole, better than you, baby, versus the Dark Order members, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. So Johnny Hungy is back on AEW TV for this. All right, Sally? I'm going to go with MGF and Cole just because they got it last week, and I don't think they'd have that short of a title. Ring. All right. All right. JJ? The chinks in the armor have not formed yet. I have MJF and Cole. Yeah, especially after all in in that super bro hug moment. Yeah. While uh, MJF was wearing his... Uh, Satin white. Uh, hopefully, hopefully he has different. <laughs> yeah. Types yeah. For this hopefully event. somebody told him what happened in the show. Uh, he probably noticed what happened during the show. I mean, it only happened like once, so it was really, it was really obvious when it happened. But it, like I said, it only happened once. Because still, if you're going to wear yeah. white, at least have a little bit of additional uh, catch padding. Just saying. I mean. Just in case, if you're having bubble guts, and you know, just a little bit of additional do, catch do the helps. do the Kyle gas treatment. Just stuff it with toilet paper. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, D, your predictions. Um, uh, I'm going with baby, and we're going to make this official. MJF Adam Cole for the win. Now we get to the main event of this, which is. The first time in a pay-per-view that the international championship is the main event. Huh. Like, every other time, it's always, like, the world tag team titles. MJF's um, world title. The matches that haven't... The, the belts that haven't seen main event is, of course, the TBS, the TNT, the international... And the women's belt. So, Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley for the international championship. Of course, Orange Cassidy being the champion, John Moxley coming in as the challenger. Ah, uh, this one's going to be hard. 
Um, D, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit tricky, but I don't think they're ready to drop it just yet off of Cassidy. I mean, he's put in a lot of work, and it seems like there's a lot of things that are building up to it. Personally, I want him to – I don't want him to drop it to Moxley. I want him to drop it to Miro. If I, if it was me, that's who he'd drop it to. Um, but I don't think he'll drop it here, so I think he'll still hold on to it. So I'm going with Cassidy. All right. Sally? I'm going with Orange Cassidy. Okay. JJ? Oddly enough, I am also going with Orange Cassidy. (sighs) This one is hard. So hard. So, so hard. Yes. Come on, you're you're, you're setting yourself up for the... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I (laughs) know. I was just waiting for Sally to be like, so hard. But she was paying attention on her phone. Anyways, honestly, due to the fact that Orange Orange is in the same boat as Seth. Workhorses. The only difference is, is that Seth hasn't had his title for over 300 days yet. He hasn't even scratched the surface of that. Orange has been doing this for over 300 days. Whether it's Rampage, whether it's Dynamite, now whether it's Collision, he is defending that title constantly. He hasn't had a break. As much as I would love to say for Orange to win, I have a feeling they're going to put the belt on Moxley that way, Orange can actually rest. Because what happens whenever you have a workhorse and they don't take a break? I don't know. What does happen? <laughs> Glue. Or in my case, you get type 2 diabetes. But anyways. He's the workhorse. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you're, you're not getting turned into glue anytime soon. <laughs> they can afford it. Anyways. So, we made our predictions. I think it's a good place for us to wrap up for the night. Because we do have to come back tomorrow and watch AEW All Out. I have a feeling this is actually going to go pretty quick. Because um, we're down one less punk and one less Jungle Boy. Even though Jungle Boy hasn't been fired. mm, Something's going to come out of this. Anyways... I'd like to thank everyone who has been part of this wonderful ride tonight, especially going this late because good Lord is late. So I'd like to thank Miss Sally Stitch for joining. Anytime. I'd like to thank JJ Walkie's Esquire for joining. I'll do it again. Well, yeah, we have to do this tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd like to thank D Twizzle for joining. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for all out. So this has been another episode of Cheshire's Place. A Looking Glass and a Logical Madness. I have been your host, the Melodious One, Mr. Cheshire. And just as my namesake, the Cheshire Cat, I am everywhere yet nowhere. We'll see you tomorrow for uh, AEW All Out 2023 in Chicago. And let's hope that the Chicagoans that are CM Punk fans do not blow up the venue. Have a good night. Uh,